Welcome to Living a Better Life podcast with your host, Madeline Golick. This is a weekly podcast exploring a variety of topics on how you can live a better life, not just physically, but in all aspects of what it means to be human living in a modern world. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not replace professional or medical advice. This podcast is sponsored by Ecophysiotherapy, where their mission is to educate, empower, and rehabilitate you back to health. Without further ado, please enjoy the show. Welcome to our wonderful listeners. Uh, This episode, for this episode, we will be focusing on the role of physiotherapy in breastfeeding health, which is a new and emerging field. And my guest today is Robin Sinnott. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Um, So I always like to start off our discussions with a story. Uh, And I guess the most appropriate place for us in the context of this conversation would be to start with like, what made you decide to become a pelvic floor physio? Um, And just generally like how long you've been practicing and you know, that kind of basic info. Yeah. Um, So I started as more of like an orthopedic physiotherapist and I chose to focus in more myofascial techniques and osteopathic type treatments. And so I did that for a while and, and it kind of just came about and naturally brought me to pelvic health. So I took, I think I took Julie Weeb's course on um, like the piston breath and all of that. And so I wasn't a pelvic health physio at that point, but it really brings in the connection of the pelvic floor and the core. And so that really got me interested. And I started to look at all the people that I was seeing that had back pain that was not getting better with the typical stuff that we learn in school and uh, hip pain or things like that, where it just sort of began to become obvious, become obvious that there was this like black box over the pelvis where I could treat everything above the belly button and everything below the pubic bone, but nothing in the middle. And I, it just made me frustrated. So, <laughs> so then I took the non-internal course through Pelvic Health Solutions and then just went straight to the internal stuff. And that, so I've been practiced since 2009 and then Pelvic Health Physio since uh, 2015. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, certainly, you know, <laughs> it's, we, we learn about, you know, the sacroiliac joint and the pelvis, yes. uh, you know, from an external perspective, yes. yet we forget that there are like a whole All bunch of muscles in there. Yeah. inside, right? And yeah. then it's like, okay, well, what do I do with that? Um, until you get that training, you don't really know that connection. And it's such a big thing because it's part of the core, right? Totally. And I think my personal experience reflected that too. I used to have like knee pain and all of the typical physio stuff never helped me, but it ended up being pelvic floor stuff. So. Interesting. Yeah. Very, yeah. very interesting. Yeah. So, um, so you've been practicing pelvic health since 2015. So, um, let's maybe dive into like, okay, what, cause we're talking about breast, you know, breastfeeding health, but like yes. what made you then decide to gain additional training, um, for breast health? Yeah. So, Once I became a pelvic health physiotherapist, I did more focus um, on my training into 
uh, pregnancy, fertility, and postpartum. So um, I just see females. Um, and so I typically see them six weeks postpartum after they have their, their babies. And it came out that most of the time in my own kind of observations, their main stressor at that appointment was actually breastfeeding. And so, yeah, we were checking their pelvic floor to make sure it was healing, but they were telling me like their main stress was that they were having troubles with breastfeeding or breastfeeding was hurting or they were having nipple damage because the latch wasn't good or things like that. Or they were concerned about baby's weight, all, all of that stuff. So that was the main stress that I kept hearing from women. And so it kind of got me interested in like, how is there anything I can do to help? And so it's the World Health Organization has definitely been coming out more with like ensuring that healthcare practitioners are providing a supportive breastfeeding environment and that they can give helpful support and things like that. And so I knew other people could, but then uh, checking out the courses for the year, Pelvic Health Solutions had this breastfeeding one. So that's what made me take it. So I could help my clients that I already see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, that's usually the case, you know, when yeah. you hear something over and over and over, you begin to say, okay, there's a there's a problem here. There's a yeah. gap um, and a wonder. A yeah, exactly. You know, how I can fulfill that uh, need and, and close yeah. the gap, right? Yeah. Um, so... I guess this is so the the breastfeeding course is obviously something new mm -hmm. um, that's being introduced within our field. Do you have any ideas how long they say in the course, like how long physios have been involved in this field? They don't. Okay. So uh, from what I understand, the course I took this year was the second time is offered, but it was offered by first by someone in Australia. And so I think Melinda Cooper is, is her name. And so I believe that in Australia, it's much more accepted for physiotherapists to help with, with breastfeeding. Not so much here. And so uh, Mercedes is who ran the course the second time when I took it. And she had taken Melinda's course and she is practicing in Calgary as a lactation consultant and a physiotherapist. So she, I believe, is one of the only ones practicing like that. So it's brand new. Like yeah. two years ago is when the first course was offered in Canada. Yeah, that's yeah. that's amazing to yeah. see that, you know, our our you know, our roles and the ways that we as physiotherapists can help is Expand. expanding, which is great yeah. to see. Well, and it kind of makes sense. Like it's all stuff that we know, like in treating inflammation pain science, uh, like taking a biopsychosocial approach, using or helping people with the function of their body. Like this is all stuff we apply to every other part of our body. So yeah, it seems like an easy expansion of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So maybe we can talk a little bit about, you know, who are the types of people that would be coming in for the, like why would they be coming for this type of therapy? Yeah. Um, so the course that I took covered the maternal factors in breastfeeding and also the infant factors. So typically I see like a lactating person um, and an infant or one or the other. So 
just kind of addressing both sides of the feeding relationship. Um, so for women or breastfeeding individuals, it would be typically if they have breast pain, if they have nipple damage, um, if they have redness or inflammation or a fever. So a lot of people would say like a clogged duct or a blocked duct or mastitis. That's another reason they would come in. Interesting. Okay. Um, what do you do? (laughs) Okay. What, what is it, you know, what is a treat, you know, a a typical, like what can somebody come in in terms and like, what would they expect to see in sort of an assessment and subsequently what kind of treatment might they get? Yeah. So again, it depends if it's the infant or the lactating person. So, but usually I like to assess the whole relationship. So it would be an assessment that kind of, I would ask how has breastfeeding been going since birth? So was there initially a latch at the beginning? We go through kind of, how did it progress? And then I would go through um, what are the maternal symptoms? So is there nipple damage? Is there been a fever? Have they had thrush? All these symptoms that might relate to their breast Um, health yes so we go through that this is all talking yes and then I would ask about the infant too so was there like was the infant premature have they had trouble with latching do they have a lot of reflux gassiness Um, do they pull off the breast and fuss when you're feeding those kind of things seeing how feeding is working between the two of them And then um, asking a little bit about birth, because sometimes the situation around birth can change the tension in the infant and can change the stress level for the lactating person too. So we do talk a lot about stress. So what's their stress level like? Yes. And I mean, for a new parent, that can be quite high at baseline. So then we would also talk about their management strategies and their support system. So that's usually what we talk about. Okay. And then depending on the concerns, I would assess physically. So if we're looking at mastitis, I'm looking at uh, the lactating person's breast. So is there redness, looking for inflammation signs, nipple damage, um, looking for breast development, how are they developing properly? Or is there some lack of tissue development that might contribute to supply problems, which then I would refer out for. So anything to do with supply is not what I manage. That's definitely referred to a lactation consultant. Um, So what typically we would do if there's a supply concern is, is refer out and just reinforce that they want to feed on demand. So whenever baby's hungry, you feed. There's no schedule, right? Yes. Um, And then we might also assess the infant. So if there's a supply problem and they don't have enough milk, we want to make sure that the infant is actually getting a good latch. So then we're looking at the physical part there. So I would assess them feeding together. So what does it look like when they feed? Is the breastfeeding individual relaxed? Are they super tense? Are they holding the baby on their head? Are they holding their mid back? That kind of thing. Um, I'd look at the baby and whether they're tense or they're relaxed. 
Um, are they able to get an open enough mouth? What's the position that they feed in? Is that allowing for baby to have a relaxed and open jaw or is it creating tension in the jaw then they can't open? So yeah, looking through all of those things, I think, oh, and if there is tension in the baby, then I would actually look at tension in the baby on its own. Right. So okay. doing a suck assessment. So um, using a gloved finger in their mouth, seeing what their tongue does, uh, checking for tension in their jaw and their neck, looking for torticollis. So like a tighter side on one side of their neck. Yeah. That pretty much sums up the yeah. assessment part. Uh, and then from there, I would, we would kind of talk about what's most important and, and what we found from that and go there, go treat that. So it might involve some manual therapy, hands-on to the baby. It might involve stress management strategies for the breastfeeding individual. It might involve positioning changes, making sure that the position they choose allows for a greater opening and is relaxed for both of them. And in the case of um, mastitis, right, because obviously... Mm -hmm. Specifically that. Specifically that. Let's look at that because, I mean, obviously, if there's an active infection, well, it is an infection, right? Yeah. Like, are you treating while they're on antibiotics or if you're assessing them and they're not on antibiotics, like, do you refer them back to their physician or how does that part work? Right. So if we're talking about mastitis, actually, the World Health Organization has kind of come out and said that it's not always an infection. So as we know in physio, right, like tendinitis is inflammation of the tendon. Yes. So mastitis is inflammation of the breast. So it's not always an infectious inflammation. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. So that is a very good question. So if that's what we determine is the concern, we would actually recommend conservative treatment or management for the first 24 hours. And then if the symptoms still persist, you would go see your doctor for antibiotics. Right. Yeah. So we teach uh, lymphatic drainage. So helping to get the swelling out of the breast tissue which allows the ducts to be clear and allows for the milk to flow. Um, So I teach that. Some people will teach uh, ultrasound. There isn't a ton of evidence for that. So, and I have never actually gotten into using ultrasound in my treatments. So I I don't do that. I prefer to do the lymphatic drainage. Um, Yeah, so we do that. And then, so if you think of uh, mastitis, inflammation of the breast and so we think of like a swollen ankle your tissues swell right yes and so what happens when the tissue swells in the breast is that it can swell and kind of create a smaller passage in your ducts so it might not necessarily be that the ducts are like clogged or blocked it's just that they're the outside is swelling into them so if we can do lymphatic drainage and get the swelling out that opens back up the passage for milk and then we would do some hand expression to ensure that it's still flowing. Right. Yeah. Okay. Get out any like stagnant milk. So that's typically the conservative treatment and encouraging women or the breastfeeding individual to continually feed on demand, get baby to feed. Right. Um, I remember in my pregnancy, so I had mastitis, I got a mastitis twice, but the second time, um, it was so 
painful and I was on, on antibiotics and the doctor said, okay, well, if it doesn't start to clear the next day, like call me. Um, mm -hmm. Right, because obviously you can develop an abscess if it doesn't yes, uh, settle right. down. And I remember the next day, I was like, the, you know, the my milk was still bloody and like mm -hmm. it was super painful, super swollen, like just could not get it to come down despite being on antibiotics. So I ended up calling the doctor and I'm like, you know, should I be concerned? Like, do I go to the hospital? Like, yeah. what do I do? Because I couldn't. He's just like, you know, run hot water over it, you know, tr keep trying to express. So I just kept having her feed and feed it eventually cleared yes. but i feel like you know that 24 to 48 hours yes was horrible yeah like it was just and i didn't you know like you're putting you're wrapping heat around the breast and i'm like you know what else could i be doing you know would right. that be an appropriate like would that be something that your therapy would help for like totally. would be helpful for exactly so in the first 24 hours is when we help the most and then as well prevention, right? So when you are in that first 24 hours and you're doing that conservative management, even before the antibiotics, that's the best time. You clear it out and it usually can go away. If there's infection, then it wouldn't go away. That's when you're going to the doctor for the antibiotics, right? And both the doctor and the physiotherapist treating the breast would be hopefully monitoring for an abscess in amongst that time. Right. Um, and then all of the stuff that you're learning in that conservative treatment would be applicable for in the future if you're starting to feel a little bit uh, hardening of the tissue or heat coming in or discomfort, you do the lymphatic drainage and it should prevent it from getting worse. Yeah. Um, so the interesting thing about heat is if you think of a swollen ankle, how do you treat it? Well, usually with ice. Yeah, so often ice is actually helpful with mastitis. So that's an interesting thing that's not really transferred into most advice. Um, no, because no, I was told like to, 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 put, <clears throat> to put heat on it yes. and kind of like lean forward so yes. that it drains toward the nipple, right? Right, and if it's swelling of the tissue, then it actually needs to drain up to our lymphatic system, not out the nipple. So this is different right yes yeah. that makes a lot more sense <laughs> yeah but we don't get that education no right like i didn't yeah. know what was going on or even what signs to look for and for mastitis and your doctor probably doesn't know how to conservatively manage it they only know the antibiotics right so that's where physiotherapists again this is like our our bread and butter is treating inflammation in all areas of the body so we treat it like an ankle. If you're trying to get swelling out of an ankle, you draw it up towards the lymphatic system, right? And you might put ice. Same with the breast. You draw it up towards the lymphatic system to get the swelling out. Ice might help with the inflammation part. And then we're clearing out any stagnant milk. But it's not necessarily that we're trying to get the blockage out. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. It was okay. very different than what I had thought too when I was breastfeeding. I was like, if there was something, like if it was hardening up, you like draw it out towards the nipple. Yeah. Interesting. Well, yes. I, hopefully our listeners are going to find that super <laughs> useful because wish yeah. I had known that, um, right. you know, when, and, it, and you know, I, I did see a lactation consultant. My daughter had a tongue tie, so I was having issues, um, yes. you know, sort of dealing with that at the beginning, but 
we didn't really focus in much on, you know, prevention or, like, the difference Mm -hmm. between, you know, a block duck and, like, full-on mastitis, right? Yeah, and that's where, like, lactation consultants can help a ton, and I think it's beneficial to have both. It's not that we're replacing lactation consultants. We're just adding a new perspective with our extensive background in pain science and inflammation and function, right? They are the specialists in supply and managing like infants weight and making sure that they're getting fed properly, right? But we can add some stuff to what they do. It's not replacing it, but it's adding extra knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I'm glad that you sort of brought that because it was one of the things I was going to ask about, like the role of physio versus a lactation consultant. Like Mm -hmm. when would somebody, you know, when would somebody see one versus versus the other? Yeah. And I think that that's a really good one for mastitis. Absolutely. It should be both. So you're getting the feeding aspect from the lactation consultant and you're also getting the inflammation and prevention and all of that from the physiotherapist. Um, I think as well, if there's ever pain involved or stress. Yes. So this is our biopsychosocial perspective, right? We can help the parent with the stress and help manage that, which helps with letdown it helps to relax the baby which allows them to have an open mouth a larger opening of their jaw helps with the latch we can help with the stress and we can also help with the pain science so helping them understand like what does pain mean yes and so that helps with what the lactation consultant is doing to help with supply and help make sure that baby is thriving right Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for for sharing that. Um, So what do you like, what impact do you think this is going to make most for like new moms? Because they they probably don't know. um, I I mean, they don't know we this even exists, right? Most don't. Um, Yeah. So when you think about impact, like what do you see? Like, what's the vision for you with respect to like this treatment? Yeah. Um, I mean, the reason I got into it was just that it's really well known now how important breastfeeding is for both the infant and the lactating person. And so any little bit that I can do to support that to me is really important. And so I, I see that if I'm seeing women anyways for pelvic health physio, and they are already stressed about breastfeeding, any well-informed and evidence-based information that I can give them to help them along is going to be beneficial. And if I can provide a supporting environment for them to breastfeed, that's huge. And so that's one thing. Um, And I do think that we bring a really unique and and evidence-based approach to pain science and inflammation. And so I think that's the additional benefit that they would get because that's pretty common to have pain, breast pain with um, breastfeeding. With, with breastfeeding, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, so if a, if a woman or lactating person is coming mm-hmm. to see you for an assessment, like, is it the same amount of time that you spend, like, in a pelvic health consultation is it like a 60 minute assessment or do do those tend to be shorter longer so far 
for me, I'm sort of just getting into this, right? And figuring out what's the best option. So far, it's been the same. So yeah. I see, I for an assessment, I see for an hour. And then for treatments, they're half an hour. So far, it's working out well. Um, it is a little more difficult to time it with feeding a baby and, and that kind of thing. But as long as I'm okay with the order of my assessment and just changing it up, if baby's ready to feed at the beginning, we should do that first. Um, it works out pretty it, well to be an hour. Yeah. Typically, how many sessions? I mean, this is always <clears throat> one of those challenging questions we get all the time. How many sessions does it take? Um, but just roughly from like the yeah. the the treatments you've done thus far, like yeah, do women or lactating persons need a lot of sessions or is it just like a few to get them going? Yeah, and you know what? I think it's so individual, it's kind of hard to know. Uh, mastitis, if it is simply that they need help learning how to take some of the inflammation out and reduce their stress, because stress leads to inflammation, right? It can be the assessment and one treatment. So okay. that, that has definitely been the case with a a lot of the clients that I've seen so far. If if they're not feeling confident with relieving the inflammation on their own, it might be more if they're wanting to come in for me to do it. Um, for infant, the infant side of this and like working on tension and latch, it kind of depends more if it's a positional tension where it's just a few like tips to change the position to allow the baby to open their mouth wider for a deeper latch that's pretty quick if it ends up being that there's tension that's sort of stuck in those tissues that can be a, a little a bit few more. extra sessions yeah. okay yeah um is there anything else that you would want people to know with respect to this treatment Mm -hmm. Right? Because oftentimes our biggest issue is obscurity, meaning people just don't know, right? Yes. They don't know yeah. that we exist and, and how we can help. So yeah. this is sort of that opportunity for educating, yeah. you know, is there something specific that I haven't asked that you feel like, okay, people need to know X, Y, or Z? Huh. That's a very good question. I feel like in breastfeeding there's so much that is really it's just a really hard time <laughs> for so many people uh i would say that i think i might be stating the obvious for some people here but everybody has a different opinion on how to help breastfeeding and so you might go to the jack newman clinic and hear one thing and talk to the league and hear the exact opposite and you hear one thing from the lactation consultant in the hospital, another from the private one, and then another from the physiotherapist. And so that's really hard <laughs> for, yeah. for someone who's trying to get help and is getting all these different messages. And so I think it's really important for the parent and the child to really trust what sounds like the right advice and what seems to fit with their situation and their body and to trust their gut. Like if whichever piece of advice feels like it's working or feels right for you, that's the one that I would trust. And also to look at the source of the information and really look 
at how supportive the environment that they practice in and the way that they speak is towards breastfeeding. So, because that's really important. If they're supportive towards breastfeeding, you'll, you'll know, and, and that advice is a little more um, relevant to your situation than someone who's in a situation that isn't supportive and maybe is, is giving you advice that really doesn't help you towards your breastfeeding goals. I would think that, or I would say that I really agree with that because, you know, um, just having gone through the tongue tie situation with my daughter, right? Yeah. Um, The advice that I got from the lactation consultant at the hospital was very different in the sense that it was downplayed, the tongue tie, whereas then I paid privately for a lactation consultant that was like, listen, you know, I'm going to show you all this stuff, but the tongue tie needs to get addressed, yeah. right? Um, and it made sense to me, and I, yes. she forwarded me contact info to, to have the tongue tie mm-hmm. addressed, and and things were so much better, and and e- even in pelvic health too, right? Like, yeah, totally. you got specialists that say one thing, mm-hmm. and this, and this, and this. Yes. And, and I think it's just important to, like you said, trust Uh your gut about what Uh feels right Uh for you and what works right and just to add to that too another good sign that there's someone who who is really looking out for your best interest is that they ask what are your goals so what are your breastfeeding goals if your goals are to get to two weeks then i'll help you get to two weeks if your goal is to breastfeed to two years, then that's also different too, right? And so making sure that the advice that they give and the methods of treatment that they're using are tailored to what you actually want from that experience, right? So that's one thing. And then as well, making sure that they're giving you informed choice so that it's these are your options there may, there's evidence for this, there may or may not be evidence for this, and it's totally up to you to, to decide what's best for you, right? So an informed choice is a really good option too to look for. Absolutely, no, mm-hmm. I, that's that's a really good, um, you know, point to, to make on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if people wanted to learn more or had questions for you Mm -hmm. where would be the best place for people to find and contact you yeah the best way is through my website uh which is uh, www.youreebbandflow.com so y-o-u-r-e-b-b and the word flow f-l-o-w dot com So yeah, so long one, Um, but that's where everything will be updated. So I currently practice out of Milton and Burlington and sometimes the days change and all of that, but that's always up to date on the the website there. Um, And my email's on there too. Awesome, yeah. Yeah. And for our listeners, uh, obviously, um, we'll post the website link (laughs) in our show notes. And to access those show notes, um, you would just go to the ecophysio.com website and you'll see a tab for podcasts and all the episodes are listed underneath. So when you click on that episode, um, 
all the show notes um, and information like your name and uh, what the yeah, podcast yeah. is about. So you'll be able to link um, to her website from there. Um, I want to thank you so much Great. for taking the time to like educate us about this and including myself, you know, as a <laughs> pelvic health physio, you know, if somebody asks me about breast stuff, I know where to send them. It's thank so, yeah. um, thank you I'm, for having me. This is lovely. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I, I just feel like a lot of what we do in pelvic health, you know, it, it just a lot of people don't know about it. So knowing that and knowing that this is a new and emerging role i wanted to make sure that new mums know about you and that this type of treatment is available for them they don't have to yeah. suffer on their own yeah totally i completely agree yeah awesome. thank you for spreading the word yeah well that's that's what i'm here for so as always we would like to uh thank our listeners um if you like the episode you know comment like share with your friends we um want to let as many people know about it as we can so bye for now thank you for listening to living a better life podcast make sure to subscribe to our show to stay up to date with our latest and greatest episodes we would also love to hear your comments suggestions and reviews thanks again until the next episode bye for now